previously on Nihilus of Apathy. Yeah, that's about all the content we have right there. What do you mean? Radio silence. Yeah? We haven't done a fucking episode yet. Well, let's get this fucking show on the road. I say we fucking start this bitch up. All right. Oh, are we going to be swearing or are we not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to swear. There's literally no way I could have this conversation without swearing. So you can be a little bitch about it? Oh, I'm going to fucking swear up and down. Shit. All right, well... Not suitable for children. Sponsors and shit. (laughs) You know Mr. Lee was just dying to give us... Fuck. It's alright. Let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, let's do this. All right, so kicking it off for uh, everyone out there. We're going to do a review. Everyone out there, like no one. Like literally no one. Literally no one's downloaded this yet. No, I know. It's amazing. But think about how excited they're going to be when they hear that. They've already turned it off, dude. Have they? Yeah. Do we get paid? No. All right, well, let's talk about Zeppelin 1. Led Zeppelin. Now, wait a minute. They did not call it Led Zeppelin 1. Oh, what'd they call it? Led Zeppelin. Just Zeppelin? Do you see a number one anywhere on there besides track one, side one? No, sir. All right. It's very insightful of you. 1969. Led Zeppelin, but you do realize all the fans say Led Zeppelin one. How else would you distinguish it? I don't know. It's going down? Heavy blimp? I don't know. (laughs) Heavy blimp. Well thought out idea. Heavy blimp. (laughs) I like it. I I really love this album. You know, it's uh, kind of that quintessential Zeppelin album. It set the formula for every album to come come afterwards. It did. So it was released January twelfth, nineteen sixty nine. Interesting date. It was recorded in thirty six hours, including mixing and editing, according to Jimmy Page. Wow, that gives you some insight of just how dialed in they were just from the point of view of being able to sit down in a studio crank it out absolutely and the big reason because of it was they were on a scandinavian tour as the new Yardbirds previously so they played the set a good 143 trillion times i guess Correct. yeah right so when they hit the studio they were able to just knock it out well, and so much of it is 12-bar blues. You yes. hear it, and it's just 12-bar blues. Whether it's uh, You Shook Me, Days to Confuse, you just go down the list. And I, As I'm listening to it, that's what I kept coming back to was this isn't a rock band as much as this is a blues band that really became a rock band later. Yes. With some of that, some of what we know is going to come, you know, whether it's Cashmere oh, yeah. or something like that. But you hear this, and you go, damn, white boys can play the blues. Another cool thing? Glenn Johns was the one who engineered the album. Yeah. He's the guy that engineered most of the Who albums. Oh, he was a friend of Jimmy Page, and one of the Who songs, I believe is a, it was I Can't Explain, Pete Townsend hadn't shown up, so Jimmy Page plays the guitar on I Can't Explain, and it busts Pete Townsend's chops to this day. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's really huge. And then I've heard the story twist around... 
where Jimmy Page said he did do a take, but Pete came in and they used Pete's take. Huh. Now I've listened to The Who a trillion times. Yeah, yeah. Just yesterday. Right. So let's put that in perspective. <laughs> one <Seriously>. trillion times <laughs> one in one trillion. day. Ladies and gentlemen, a new Guinness World Record. Thank you. You made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> so well, I've heard it's been really good. <laughs> I've heard I can't explain so many times that it does sound a little different. Doesn't mean Pete didn't do the guitar work. Right. But it does sound a little different. Well, you wonder if you're Pete and you come in and you hear what Jimmy does and you're like, oh, man, that shit sounds good. Yeah. And then it, it's got to influence. And Jimmy you. was a studio. He started with Skiffle and, and Blues and he was a studio musician they he was a hired gun to come in yeah and fill in for people like pete who drank too much <laughs> must be fun being a rock too star. many drugs those damn mods damn damn so yeah so back to led zeppelin though back to uh led zeppelin i led believe zeppelin. the album starts amazing i i think good times bad times is the way to start the album i put in my notes and i limit my notes folks to one index card because you know it just felt apropos and then he forgets his index card. Absolutely. Why, why would I so need that? So that's apropos volume two. Yeah. Um, Dickless. I wrote on there, has anyone ever turned this song down? What do you mean turned it down? Like, you hear it and you just want to crank it up. Like, good times, bad oh, yeah. times just starts out and you want to crank it and you want, yeah, man, that's a rock yeah, album. It's, it's a great. great, great start for the whole album. Such a good song. Nope. Oh. Because there's so many different elements and styles and genres on the album, it's so diverse. Right. But it, comes, it starts off with a huge bang. Then you go on to Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. That is one of my favorite songs on the album. And that's where you hear how, what talented players they are. You, okay, you know these guys are great. Let's put ourselves back, 1969. Mm-hmm. Boom, we got in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. And you go, okay, yeah, I know Jimmy Page. I'm familiar with his work. You know, some of these guys, and you, but then you hear this song, you go, oh, man, it's a whole new frontier. Because, what, 69, you're talking uh, Band of Gypsies, mm-hmm. uh, Wide Album. So, yeah, man, to take it in a totally cool, new kind of way. Man, I, I love that song. I will say, this, it, when I wrote Led Zeppelin is the template for all other Zeppelin albums, I put, there's always one throwaway song. You Shook Me. Yeah, it's still got that... Was it Willie Dixon? You Shook Me? Yeah, it is Willie Dixon. Yeah, Yeah, they they hit the blues thing. Robert does such a good job, though. His vocals on it. Yeah. And the way that Jimmy Page takes the guitar and he does the chords exactly to... Robert Plant's vocals as they're going up and down. Right. Almost like how Kirk Cobain did in Smells Like Teen Spirit, the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, the solo is basically singing the song without the vocals. Right. Doesn't go off kilter, off key, or anything. So, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't call it the throwaway song. I don't know. There's always one song that I go, okay, everything else on the album's amazing. I love this. And this just is that song for me where I'm like... I mean, the song is just there. Yeah, yeah. I I have to admit when they play it live, they do a lot more with it live. I guess you could say that with almost all the tracks. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, because you go into Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused on the album is amazing. But then you hear the live version and you go, 
okay, that's night and day better. Yeah. So there are, and and that's, you see that with so many bands. Look at the Dead. Listen to their studio albums. In a way, that's kind of cool, though. You take this lackluster song and then go straight into Days and Confused. Yeah. It almost makes Days and Confused a little more important. Oh, yeah. What's cool about Days and Confused, it was written by a guy named Jake Holmes. And it's about a girl's indecision on ending a relationship. So Jake Holmes wrote this song about, is she going to break up with him or not? Interesting. So then Robert and Jimmy take that and they re- they rearrange and change the lyrics a bit. Yeah. But it still kind of has that tone to it. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd never know that would be the, uh, the subject of the song. The original lyrics are pretty righteous, too. Oh, that's, nice. That's something to Google because, wow. There you go, folks. Your first recommendation cool. from a nihilist. Jake Holmes, dazed uh, and confused. Oh, apathy. Jake Holmes. Yeah, and he's listed there. Inspired by. I wonder if that means he gets less money. Yeah, I don't know. He probably he gets all, out of it. I, you know, and this is the album where a lot of people took Zeppelin to task for ripping folks off. Right. Borrowing, let's just Correct. say. Correct. Led Zeppelin too, same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you hear it, but... Come on, people. There's only so many chords. There's only so many ways to arrange them. This is long before music rights and licensing and everything, too. So Yeah, and you got to remember, like you said, these guys played a kajillion clubs, a kajillion shows. How much of that rubs off on everybody kind of co-mingles, all that sort of stuff. Right, right. You got anything else on side side A? No, I, I, I think... I think the track listing works really, really well. It does. Even for the song I don't like, I, it's not a song where I go, I've got to skip it. It's not something where I go, eh. But yeah, it's a very, like, gets you going, and then you really feel the depth of the band as you go through the next three tracks. Correct. Then you hit side two. Oh, side two is amazing. Like, I don't think, man, for my money... I wouldn't change a thing about side two. And now this Order. is where we differ because oh. your your time is going to come sounds like the end of the album. When I listen to it, it feels like the outro to the entire album. Every time I play side two, yeah, for some reason, that whole song just sounds like the end of the album, and it's not. It's the beginning of side two. So where do you? I would have traded how many more times, and your time is going to come. Oh, so you just make? I do a mass flip. You know what? That makes sense too, because how many more times has kind of got that nice groove, like right in the middle of an album, everybody just kind of chilling out, especially after days they confused, we're so heavy, Bingo. so much. All right, I can't argue with you. But then do you go right into uh, Black Mountain side? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little like guitar tuning. That's, you know. Yeah. And again, back to the this being a template for future Zeppelin songs. There's, every Zeppelin album has that little jam in there. Something like it. And I again, I just love it because you see the depth in, in Jimmy Page as a player. Yeah. So many people talk about Page. Oh, well, he's sloppy. Oh, well live he plays super sloppy he admits it yeah well you did say earlier a lot about those drugs man the drugs the alcohol those three hour shows those sharks too wear on you all that weird shit man they're gonna wear on you oh yeah and you are talking epic shows these aren't 35 minute strokes uh shows man no. these are three hour long just very long jams shows. and hey man <laughs> and they, they were doing it you know, early 70s, they were still pulling off those long shows. Boston Tea Party, 
I believe was either during the second album or third album, and that went on like three and a half hours. So they were just prone to play long, jammy shows. Well, and you can hear that foundation here. And again, it goes back to that 12-bar blues, that tradition of the blues. Like, yeah, you want to stretch that jam out. Yeah, you can jam it for so long. And when you have such talented players, it's like, why not? But then we go into Communication Breakdown, which to me is just like another version of Good Times, Bad Times. It's got that same hip energy yeah yeah it's uh the pop song number two correct you've got your couple singles baked in there you could hear the record company guys getting excited when they heard that they're like oh I and hear a you single. can trade and open the album with communication breakdown and put good times bad times you could almost trade those two although i just like the lyrics of good times bad times to start the album yeah so that's why i give it the edge and that's why i said it would never change side one right but Communication Breakdown sounds like another opening of an album, too. Oh, it does. It really does. And yeah, you're right. Just the high energy and just good times, bad times. Like, you look at that on an album, you look at this album, it's 69. You're like, okay, cool. Let me try it. Oh, yeah. Good times. But yeah, Communication Breakdown, just good song. Can't quit you, baby. Oh. That's textbook. Man. That's textbook Zeppelin. Man, at, at the the long jams, the live versions. There are so many songs. You could the take- live version on Coda is one of my favorites. I believe it was from the Albert Hall show on Coda. Uh, and the, I can't quit you, babe. I They play the shit out of that song. Yeah, I, there are just so many good versions of that. And you again, going back to this album, you look at it and you're like, dude, there's the foundation for a four-hour jam. Like, you could stretch a lot of these songs out in oh, a yeah. really I mean, way. everybody would go home. So it'd just be the janitor listening to the four-hour jam. But. <laughs> Lucky janitor. <laughs> or one pissed off Because everybody's high is totally going to oh, mellow yeah. by the time you hit hour two on a I Can't Quit You Baby jam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the... Uh, You're like, fuck that. Yeah, that's the uh, the thing like the dead had, too. Where people, they just jam so long, people are in and out. You're like, yeah. I'm just going to show up for set two. Two of three. Right. <laughs> what? Two of three? That's right. Two of three. The... the but then again, you can get lost in those jams and have the goldfish effect where your memory's just fucked. You're not going to remember oh, 30 yeah. minutes prior. So it's like a new show all over again. <laughs> yeah. Probably how the dead and fish and some of those jam bands got away with it. Oh, I bet. Is well, if you're super loaded, you're going to forget that you'd been there two hours and they're still going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why you find uh, certain brands of hallucinogens are very popular. Just kind of compress that time. But it's amazing when you hear some of these jams, and you're just like, wow, man, this band, and then what they became. And yeah, we have the luxury of, of being able to see what this band became, but holy cow, like, what a way to start start a uh, a discography, I should say. Correct. And they didn't know where it was going to go, but Jimmy Page put together the band he wanted to put together. Yeah. It's an amazing, uh, amazing album. And then you have How Many More Times? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is how we end it. Ending it. Though you think it should be, uh, your time is going to come. When Dazed and Confused starts getting into its jam in the middle, Baseline seems kind of similar when it starts rocking and rolling in Dazed and Confused. You hear that a little bit and how many more times? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. In a way, it's kind of like the epilogue. I mean, you could think of it as they're kind of combining some of the jams and doing a nice epilogue. Because it is kind of a cool jammy song. <clears throat> it's amazing how many covers there are on this album. I can't quit you, baby. 
You Shook Me. And then, of course, Dazed and Confused, you've mm-hmm. got the Inspired By. I still want to know the story of that. I'm going to research that and see what's going on. But I'll tell you one thing. There's no fat on this album. No. This is a lean There's and mean. There's no filler. There's no fat. No. There's no nitrates. Nothing. No. No, nothing. Fuck no. <laughs> no, yeah. This fucker's no. free range. Yeah. Uh, they knocked it out. They got it out there, and everybody's like, yeah, we dig this shit. Something's really cool. This is one of the first albums that was stereo only. They did oh, not no mono. Led Zeppelin had no mono albums. So there you go, friends. If you're out on Discogs and see a mono Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, you know it's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. Fucking Fugazi. It's a fucking Fugazi. And we can talk about the band Fugazi for hours, too. Oh, shit. Jesus. Oh, oh my God. Ian McKay? Yeah, let's... Uh, oh, hold on. That's a pod in and of itself. <laughs> So yeah, Some minor threat. Little minor threat. Little black flag. Oh damn, that's uh, that's got yeah. Uh, I could digress and talk about that forever. But Led Zeppelin was the blueprint for like grunge. Yeah, and then you can think of the metal like Black Sabbath again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have Sabbath unless you have this. You don't have the first Rush album without Led Zeppelin. No. Some people would call in. I believe it was Cincinnati. The DJ at Cincinnati got a copy of the first Rush album, which was on Moon Records that the band had created. Okay. Up in Canada. But this disc jockey got the album and started playing one of the songs on it. And people called in saying, is this the first Led Zeppelin? Is this the new Led Zeppelin song from the new album? And she said, no, this is Rush. And people were just blown away because Rush really took on that led zeppelin sound to begin with oh yeah yeah yeah. i could see it crazy though from a three-piece yeah three-piece oh absolutely do what a four-piece did including one of those four-piece members being john bonham no shits like try to keep up with that yeah keith moon would be the only other drummer i could think of this you know and this is one thing i always loved about zeppelin most bands play within the drummer this it Bonham goes everywhere. He leads the band as much as Paige, as much John Paul Jones, John Paul Jones, anyone. Which is funny. The Who was the same way. John Entwistle and Keith Moon were kind of leading the way, right. trying to trying to weave through Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey's just trying to keep up with them. <laughs> just think about that. You just think about that dynamic. It's and fucking yeah, awesome. That's why it has a sound like it has. It's fucking cool. Well, so folks. Well, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit on some future pods here. We talked about fat albums. Fat albums. D, can you think of any fat albums? You mean fat, bloated, fucking ginormous dinosaur? Yeah, albums? yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe people drunk on their own ego and no. sense of self. No, I don't think that's ever been done. No, no, not. It's not. That's Joni Mitchell Blue, maybe. Yeah, you know, there's this melancholy thing going on she you know? was very melancholy yeah yeah not very many people used melancholy in their titles no 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 it's sort of uh it's, it's very hollow it's kind of halloweeny yeah yeah you know? so very halloweeny beyond that i think that's Fat, all we got bloated fucking huge albums stay tuned or not yeah or not really you whatever can, you can just fucking out. nihilist what the fuck do we care? yeah nihilist of empathy just here babbled about bullshit so yeah well so let us know did you like it did you hate it could you not give a shit about it did you not really give a fucks at all hey i don't think they're gonna write if they don't give a fuck do we want our fan base to be able to write 
<laughs> That's a very good question. Something to think about. Maybe we will answer that on our next podcast. And on that happy note. See ya, bitches. See ya. See ya.